We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And here we go! There's a man open left side, caught! It's Touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. And, of course, Monday morning, 10 o'clock. You know what that means. Our conversation breaking down the National Football League, of course, with Jay Gruden. Jay, Pete, and Chris, make sure um, you smile today, pal. It's a, it's a great day, unless you're the Washington Commanders who now sit there at 1-2. and two. How are you this morning, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing good, Jay. Doing good. Um, well, I guess we'll start with this. Jay, um, you know, you you you've had some tough first halves. Uh, every coach has them. If you're Scott Turner, Ron Rivera, and you see the first half developing the way it is, where you have zero chance to throw the ball, some of it on Carson, some of it on the offensive line, what are you supposed to do to counter that? Well, that's a great question, especially when you're down a couple touchdowns. That doesn't help any either. Um, you know, they, they tried early in the game to try to, you know, they did a sweep on first down, got 15 yards, and they tried an RPO, got rejected. Uh, then they threw a completion, and on third down, they got sacked. You know, it, it was just different person every time. One time it was a center, one time it was a right guard, one time it was a left tackle, next time it was a right tackle. So it's it's very hard. You know, you say just get the ball out of your hands quicker, but they're clamping down pretty good on the routes. Uh, they got one of the best corners in the league in Darius Slay doing uh, pretty good on Terry for the most part early in the game. And uh, just tough sled. Uh, not a lot they could do, but uh, they just got to play better, protect better. Jay, how tough is that internal battle for the play caller when you start to recognize, hey, some of the things we'd really like to do from a concept standpoint, we may not have a chance to do because my offensive line is not playing well. And I know running's not sexy, but... Jay, they were, they were getting four, they were getting seven, they were getting 11, and they were doing that on first down. How hard is that battle for the offensive coordinator to back off some of the concepts that you'd really like to run because you're watching your team and you don't think they can execute those things, certainly based on the sack numbers Washington was incurring yesterday? Yeah, it's hard. I remember playing in Seattle one year with a bunch of backup offensive linemen and, and somebody recommended a seven-step drop, a deep shot play. I said, are you effing kidding me? We're, we're, we're about to get killed. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. You know? I, I, that was actually one of your best wins, though, during your tenure, that that game, right? If it's the same, <laughs> yeah. if, if it's the same game I'm thinking, I mean, you guys were missing like nine starters and nobody yeah. gave you a chance and you went out there and won. Yeah, yeah. So, but it does get harder to play caller. Your yeah. your list, you have such a big list going into the game. You got all these plays filled out, and then it gets very small once you figure out that the offensive linemen are having a very tough time with all four of the pass rushers for the Eagles, not just one. Uh, sometimes you get away with one, you can double team them or slide to them or whatever. But it was Brandon Graham, it was it was Fletcher Cox, it was Josh Sweat, uh, Hassan Reddick. You know, so it was uh, one after another after another, and really they had no counter. Washington had no counter. I don't know what the counter would be when you can't block them. All right, take me into the mindset, not on game day and as the game is going on, but on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, Monday afternoon, the whole game plan process. When 
you know, you're like, hey, if it's 75 and sunny and we pass protect, we can do this and that and this and that. When do you start going, yeah, early in the week as I'm game planning, I don't know if my offensive line can hold up against that kind of pass rush, even though Gagnon and the Eagles don't blitz a lot. They did blitz on Monday night. They didn't blitz a whole lot yesterday, and they traditionally don't. Like, when do you start altering your game plan based on what you think you might not be able to do, if that makes sense. Well, it becomes extremely tough when they're getting home with just four because they can mix and match your coverages and they can play man, they can double-team somebody, they can play two deep, they can play three deep, they can play spot drop, they can carry verticals, they can do a lot of different things in the secondary if they're getting home with four, and that's what they were doing. They didn't have to blitz. They blitz one time in an empty call, an empty automatic blitz, uh, but for the most part, early in the game, it was a four-man rush. And, and when it's a four-man rush, it becomes quite frustrating. you got to figure out ways to get on the edge. Uh, you got to figure out ways to run the ball to try to take some pressure off the quarterback. Uh, maybe some max play-action calls where you keep everybody in and have a two- or three-man route, try to get the ball down the field. But then you're trying to go against Darius Slay, and, and he's covering the heck out of one of the deep crossers of the post. You know, So it's, it's tough. Um, something they just got to figure out and try to fight through and challenge the offensive line to get better throughout the game and, and try to get some runs and try to get some chunk plays to the running game. And uh, see what happens, Jay. You played the position. Does the how the quarterback? Is it real that you get a sense of pressure even before the pressure is really there? Because there were a couple of times amongst those nine yesterday where it was five and even six seconds before the Eagles actually got to Wentz, and he still wouldn't unload the football even to the 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 safety valves a couple times where there seems to be one or two guys short available uh, to them. But is that is that a myth or is that truth? that a quarterback sometimes feels that pressure even when it's not even there uh, when you're getting sacked at the rate he was yesterday? Yeah, I think even the great ones will feel it, you know, but the great ones will overcome it. And then the athletic ones, which you're hoping that Carson is more of is more of an athletic quarterback. You know, Josh Allen gets pressured a lot, and he just runs through it and gets first downs with his legs sometimes. You'd like to see more of that from Carson, the ability to, when there is pressure, to step up, mm-hmm. uh, scramble for yards, uh, get outside the pocket, um, do something, you know, don't stand there like a sitting duck and uh, take seven or eight, nine sacks. You know, that's, that's just a little frustrating. He's too good of an athlete, in right. my opinion, to take nine sacks, whether you block anybody or not. Uh, so, you know, I think that's something that he has to be a little bit more focused on to try to put two hands on the ball and push up in the pocket and get some yards with his legs. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's difficult. I, I mean, to your point, Jay, you're absolutely right. I agree with you. Um, on sack number five yesterday, I just watched it again. Uh, I like to torture myself with these things. Um, sack number five, he did climb the pocket. He did try and scram. The problem was is he didn't see the guy from behind him, you know, but be, be, because the pass rush got home because the play took so long to develop. So that's one problem. He fumbles a lot. He tends to fumble a lot, Wentz, even before he came here. And then, you know, one of the sacks, I don't know, I think it was sack seven, he like, Guy got around Cosme, but it, to Pete's point, it took like five or six seconds, and he he still didn't sense that the pass rush was coming. So it's kind of like little things on every play, which I guess is you know the way it happens. But this is now a major problem, and I'll I'll put your feet to the fire. Ron was asked, "Hey, Ron, are you considering any quarterback change?" It, it's it's too early in my opinion, but I'd love to hear your opinion as a head coach, as an offensive coordinator, as a quarterback guru. Uh, would you even be considering any sort of change with Carson Wentz right now, or too early? I think it's too early right now. I mean, they know what they have in Taylor. You know, Taylor did some good things last year, but they know that he has 
uh, some weaknesses in his game. You know, obviously his arm talent is not what they're looking for to push the ball down the field to like guys like Terrier, Jahari Dotson. You know, so they need more of the bigger arm talented guy to get those big plays, which aren't happening right now. But they got to count on the fact that they will come. They will get better at protection. Uh, Carson will get better with the offense. It's his first year with Scott Turner. Uh, and you're hoping that they will develop and, and have some kind of chemistry moving forward. Uh, making a quarterback change now doesn't make any sense, in my opinion. Uh, but uh, obviously, they know what Taylor is. Then later on, if this trend continues with the sacks and the turnovers, then yeah, get a more athletic guy in there and see what can happen. Jay, right now, when you come out, I mean, this team, two games in a row now, has come out very slowly offensively. And you certainly script all week. You, you have an idea of what you want to do early uh, in the football game, but you know, what, what leads to that, especially when you see it, and is it alarming to a coach when, you're, when your team doesn't go out and execute uh, very well early uh, in the contest uh, on a Sunday afternoon? Well, I think when you're looking at what happened against Detroit, you know, I think Philadelphia is probably salivating. You know, they knew they could get pressure with their four-man rush. They knew they had a better front than even Detroit wreaked all kinds of havoc on Washington. Uh, so the defense coordinator is like, hey, let's just rush these four guys and, and be more physical than I'm up front. So now the challenge is, uh, can the offensive linemen become more physical and, and dig down deep and play better? You know, I know Andrew Norwell from Jacksonville. I had him there. I know he's a big physical guy. Uh, they got to get the other guys going. They got to get the center issue uh, uh, fixed. Obviously, the tackle's got to play better and more physical. Um, that's the challenge that they have. That's the only challenge. That's the only remedy that they have is to challenge those front five guys and make sure they play better and more physical. Jay Gruden with us, of course, former Washington Redskins head coach and Jacksonville Jaguars, Cincinnati Bengal offensive coordinator, now an executive consultant for Sean McVay and the Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams. All right, one more uh, on the uh, on the whole commander's you know mess. At one and two, right, you're heading to Dallas. Yes, road game. Yes, division game. Second straight game that you're going to get a team coming off a Monday nighter. Cooper Rush, uh, although Cooper Rush is two and zero as a starter in the last two years, maybe three and zero after tonight. Like, what is your message to these guys as a as a coach? Is it just well, guys, we've got to play better in the first half and we'll be fine, or is it turn over a table and kick some uh, you know thing in the locker room and 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 fire somebody up so they run through a wall? Like, how do you deal with that when you're one and two? It's a long season, but clearly, Jay, the temperature doesn't feel right here. Yeah, I mean, the leader's got to step up. You know, there's only so much a coach can do as far as talking and yelling and, and showing film and, and being that type of guy. Eventually, the leaders of the football team got to step up and make sure that uh, things get righted on the practice field. It starts with uh, meeting rooms, taking accountability, and then going out and practice, practicing your tail off, and then making sure you're doing whatever you can to prepare for the next game. If you can't block Philadelphia's front, uh, you're going to have a hard time with Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons. That's, mm-hmm. that's for darn sure. So, so the issue live – it's not going to get any easier, uh, you know, just because Philly's leaving town. They have one of the best defenses. Well, here comes Dallas, and they have one of the best pass rushers in the league. Uh, two of them, actually, on the same team. So uh, the challenge is there, and they got to know it. they got to understand it, and they got to relish it, and they got to accept it and, and step up. Jay, let's talk about that game tonight. Brian Dable's done a solid job here at the beginning of this season. Uh, where Everywhere Brian's been, even both the college and the pro level, uh, seems to really have a sound approach uh, to what he's doing, whether he's coaching quarterbacks, coordinating offense. 
uh, whatever it is. And certainly, I don't think any of us saw the Giants uh, getting off to this type of start. But uh, thoughts on Brian Dable uh, as a coach, and clearly a guy that seems to you know have a pretty good approach to what he's doing. Yeah, they've got a couple good wins. You know, anytime you win your first two games, you're doing something right, especially as a first-year coach. You know, obviously, you're a first-year coach for a reason because the team that you inherited probably wasn't very good unless the coach retired or something like that. So uh, he's doing a good job of Daniel Jones. Obviously, it's well-documented what he did with Josh Allen, uh, and Daniel Jones doing a good job, and they're mixing it up with the running game. And obviously, the addition of Saquon Barkley being 100% healthy uh, makes that team very, very dangerous because of his ability to run the ball and then the play actions off of it. Uh, they got a couple of receivers to get down the field, but uh, they're probably still a little weak in the receiver room, but uh, the ability with Saquon Barkley helps them a lot, keeps them balanced, keeps their defense fresh, and uh, makes them a threat to win every game. No doubt about it. Um, all right, Jay, uh, again, mentioned, you know, obviously you do some work for the Rams, uh, as we've detailed. Uh, they won last, yesterday 20-12. to 12. Surprise, Cooper Cup with another touchdown, but this was his first rushing touchdown. But I got a question for you, and, and I don't know if you saw the sequence. The Rams were up 13-6 early in the third quarter. Cliff Kingsbury on a fourth and one from his own 20, Jay, from his own 20, goes for it. And he does convert. He, he, he does get the first down, and they get a field goal out of it uh, later in the drive. Fourth and one from your own 20 down seven. Your offense not cooking against a divisional opponent. Right move, wrong move. What do you think? Well, that's analytic guys. You know, that's, that's the question you got to ask them. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> you know, I'm asking. I, 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 wait, wait a second, Jay. I'm asking you. Jay, I'm asking you. And sometimes you need to try to jumpstart your team. Yeah. You know, they were they weren't doing a whole lot offensively. They needed to get the defense uh, some rest. They couldn't go another three and out and punt uh, and, and give the Rams back the ball. Um, so I think it was something that uh, it was a calculated risk and one that paid off because it did uh, get them a drive and get them some points. So sometimes as a coach, those are situations that was a gut feel. I'm sure by Cliff, I think he just felt like, hey. Uh, we got to get our offense going. We got to challenge these suckers and and make them get a yard. And they they ended up getting it. I I, I totally get the upside, right? I, I guess my argument is, and and maybe it's me because I'm a conservative old man. Is the downside is again you're you're only down seven if you if you roll the dice there and you don't make it, which decent chance you don't, right? Teams fail on fourth and inches, fourth and one all the time. Basically, you're turning the ball over to the Rams, an explosive offense, you know, at the 20-yard line and basically giving them a free three, if not a seven. And we've seen this, hell, we saw it with the Chargers head coach, um, what's his name, uh, uh, Brandon, Brandon Staley, Staley in, in, in the in the play-in game against the Raiders uh, l- last year in Week 17, and that, and that uh, failed, Jay. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, the downside to me seems much more than the risk, but I, I get the analytics are going to say – one thing and common sense is going to tell you another. Yeah. And then, like I said, the feel for the game, you know, it was really not a lot going right for Arizona at that time. And uh, they needed a jump start. And that's one way to do it. And then if you don't get it, you got to challenge your defense. Hey, it's a sudden change. You guys got to hold them to three points. And then we'll, we'll, we'll react and we'll come back. So, you know, it's, it's, it's about challenge your players sometimes in those situations. It's a gut feel. Sometimes the risk is, uh, is greater than the reward, but uh, the reward can really pay dividends if you succeed. Jay, no doubt Eastern Washington played a wide-open system, uh, very offensive-friendly. But why is Cooper Cup so good now, even on this level, uh, playing against the elite of the game? Well, he's got sudden quickness. Every route looks the same. Sean does a great job of hiding them, uh, getting them free releases, whether it's in the stack formations and bunch 
situations, motioning them, uh, jet sweeping them, putting them in a the backfield. Uh, it's a perfect marriage, Cooper and Sean McVay, the way they utilize uh, 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 Cooper. You know, they gave him a jet sweep. They copied the same play that the, the Lions scored or the 50-yard jet sweep that the Lions got against the Redskins. Or, I'm sorry, oops, uh, the Commanders. <laughs> uh, hey, they've changed names so many times, Jay. Believe me, we're all confused. Yeah. It's okay. So, but yeah, that's just they utilize him perfectly, and Cooper does a great job of reading manners zone, working off leverages, and a great quickness in and out of his cuts. And he's got strong hands, and he's fearless. Um, all right, so so let me. Uh, I don't know how much of this game you saw. Baltimore, uh, New England, obviously an impressive win for Lamar and the Ravens. I, Jay, I got to admit, I didn't. Uh, I was kind of hard on Lamar this offseason. I did not view him in as an ascending pocket passer. Clearly, I'm wrong through three games. He's been awesome. What have you been able to see any of Lamar this year? And uh, and and if so, what do you think stands out to you as the biggest reason why he is, at least right now, definitely an ascending passing passing quarterback? Well, yeah, he's getting better and better. You know, comes out of Louisville, which is my hometown, my city, my college. I love Lamar. I think. Uh, what he can do with the ball in his hands, whether it's running the ball, whether it's the play actions, whether it's zone reads, whether it's quarterback design runs, uh, if he can get better and better at drop back passing like he's proven to be, he's, he's, he's an elite quarterback. That's just the way it is. I mean, it's not conventional. He's not a pure pocket passer, but this day and age, you don't have to be. You can hurt defenses a lot of ways, and he can hurt you a lot of different ways, whether it's direct snaps or the zone reads, like I mentioned. If he can get better and continue to get better with his drop back passing, he's going to miss a few, no doubt about it, but he makes up for it with his ability to make the off-schedule plays and the throws on the run. Jay, I'm impressed with Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins from this standpoint. Yesterday, Buffalo ran 51 more plays. <laughs> 51 more plays, and yet the Dolphins won in the fashion that they did. It's easier to win when everything is going well and your offense is cooking and your defense is playing great, but that type of win yesterday, to me, is the toughest type of win to get. And for Mike and the start that they're off to, um, they're, that group, I think, is is headed for a big season there in Miami as long as the right people don't get hurt. Yeah, you know, Tua went down for a little bit, uh, but he came back in. And uh, you're right. Every time I looked up, Buffalo had the ball. I was like, does Miami, does Miami have the ball yet this game? And it was, it was 80 yard drives, 80 yard drives, but it was a classic bend but don't break defense by Miami. They did a great job when they had to get the stops. They got the stops, and and Miami did just enough on offense uh, to get the win. So I, I think it's a very exciting team that they have. They're proving that they can stand up defensively, and if they can do that with those two guys running routes and the tight end and the backs. Uh, and obviously Tua playing better, uh, they are definitely a force to be reckoned with uh, throughout the year. Jay Gruden with us uh, for another couple minutes in his normal Monday morning touchdown at 10 spot. Uh, Russell and Ned Hurst here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. How about uh, one of your former teams? I mean, while one of them sunk, the other one was really good. Jacksonville rolling over uh, Staley and the Chargers in L.A. Not that that's an intimidating atmosphere by any means, but my gosh, all of a sudden, Jacksonville, we knew they added talent. Sheriff and Kirk. We saw them be a little plucky here week one, and then they go and just roll right over the Chargers. That's an improved de- – I know they're short on defense. I know J.C. Jackson's not playing. I know they got a bunch of injuries, but my goodness, Jay, 38-10 for the Jaguars. 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the improvement Trevor's made so far has been probably uh, the best that I've seen uh, in the NFL quarterback position. I mean, he was making throws. He was uh, delivering a ball. He was pushing up in the pocket. He did some really good things. His accuracy is getting better and better. He's more comfortable. Obviously, uh, Doug Peterson does a great job with quarterbacks, but adding talent like Christian Kirk and Zay Jones has helped a lot. They already got Marvin Jones. He's doing better. ATM, whatever his name is, he's doing better. He got two good tackles. They got they got it, Brandon Sheriff, and they got a hell of a running back. You it's, know, uh, it's Travis. Is, is, it's is, Travis ATM. Uh, I know. I, yeah, I get. It, I get. It, I get, it, I get it. <laughs> I'm I'm only I'm only teasing. I'm a big fan of James Robinson. He was there when I was there. He's yeah. a tough kid. He's a hard nosed kid. Great vision. Uh, they got good balance, and they're 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 playing well. Jay, what do you do when you have a player that commits a, an egregious 15 yard penalty that? Uh, probably snatches victory uh, away from you, and the Chiefs end up taking the L to Kansas City. That free 15 yards that uh, Chris Jones gave the Colts turned out to uh, uh, help the Colts eventually win the football game. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's just one you put on your highlight reel and hope it never happens again. Chris has uh, been known to make a play like that or two throughout the course of a year. Uh, You hope this is his last one. He's a great player, and uh, he's done a lot of great things for that organization, Uh, but that was uh, not one of his best moments. But moving forward, you know, Indianapolis backs against the wall. You see a lot of 0-2 teams yesterday play their tails off, and that's what Indianapolis did. Um, But you can't give a team like that any chance of uh, thinking they can win by giving them free plays, uh, especially on the road like that. Jay, appreciate the time. As always, sir, we look forward to talking to you again next week. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, you, Jay. Jay Gruden joining us here in his Monday morning, 10 a.m. spot during touchdown at 10 as we talk about the Commanders game and break down the league with a former Washington head coach and, of course, two-time offensive coordinator in the National Football League. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.